Hey everyone, and welcome to episode one of the Complete Performance Podcast with me, Dr. Josh Williamson. This is something that I've been wanting to do for such a long time now, and it's got the stage where so many people are asking for it. Do I have a podcast? Is there somewhere where I can listen to more, get some more information? And although I try and refer them on to other podcasts I've done, I think people just want a little bit more insight into some of the work I do, but also how I can give them some strategy, some tips, some tricks when it comes to the nutrition. So this is an introductory episode. I wanna give you a background to myself, the evolution of how I've maybe worked with the past and the type of people I work with. And then I wanna share with you the vision for this podcast. So let's get stuck straight in. Who is Josh? Well, I guess I first started out as an athlete and I was a 400 meter runner, relatively decent, I would say myself, represented Ulster, represented Ireland at international level, and even managed to bag a couple of international medals while doing so. But as I got to sort of the late teens, early 20s stage, I sort of fell out of love with the sport for a number of different reasons. And I fell into the gym. And really, I guess, (laughs) Like most people, especially a lot of young guys at late teens, early 20s, we think that having the abs, having the big chest and shoulders, it's going to make us more attractive to whatever your preferred sex may be. And I thought, this is it. This is going to raise me from a 5 out of 10 to hopefully a 7 out of 10. (laughs) But with truth be told, no one really cares about your body. No one cares how it looks. And we quickly realise that when we get into relationships that people don't fall out with this because our body changes. Because body modification changes over the course of our lifetime through different stages of our life. And I think a large part of that is more so the perception that we have that others view our body. And I think this is something that's really interesting. And it's a lot of things I talk about my own clients that there's a difference between how we actually look and the perception of how we look to others. And I think the best example of this is when we're on holiday, we get so anxious, so nervous about, I don't really really wanna take my top off around the pool, I don't wanna get into this bikini around the pool, everyone's gonna be looking at me. When the reality is, is that everyone is thinking so much about their own body that they don't care about your body. And so I think that's such an interesting thought and an interesting realization for a lot of people to have. Following on from that sort of more bodybuilding style training, I get into more of a functional type program. And up until this point now where I'm currently training is very much this hybrid approach where my main focus is on health, longevity. I want to be able to get out of bed in the morning and not have a sore back, but I also want to be strong or relatively strong. I don't really care about being the biggest person in the gym or the leanest or the fittest. I want to have the flexibility that if someone says, Josh, do you want to come and do a CrossFit workout? Which happens nearly every other week. I can be like, yeah, I'll come and do something. Or if they say, do you want to go out for a run? We're going to do five miles here at the weekend. I can be like, yeah, let's go and do it. I guess it's having that flexibility, having that ability to actually just go and do some form of exercise outside of, oh, I just want to look a certain way. And so that takes up the date of where I'm actually training has been over the last sort of 15 years or so. But I wasn't always 
and haven't been an athlete for quite some time now. I've left that competitive realm. And it was around that time where I was in my early 20s where I shifted to more being an academic. And I initially wanted to be a PE teacher. I thought it was a very, very good career. I was really involved in sport. I had a lot of good PE teachers throughout my education. I thought this seems like a career that would really suit me down to the ground. But as I got into my undergrad, which was sport and exercise science, I quickly realized that I can't really do much with this degree. I'm going to have to do something. And at the end of my degree, I had a personal interest in nutrition. Because sport and exercise science is one of those degrees that it's almost like dipping your toe into a number of different pools and being like, well, nah, I don't like that one. But I maybe like that and I like a little bit of this. But it doesn't actually give you a, a career as such. There's always some form of postgrad, And a lot of them do go and be, become teachers and they're fantastic at it and that's great. For me, because I was an athlete, because I was so focused on, well, I just want to have abs here. I want to try and be as attractive or what I thought people found attractive. I was like, well, I'm going to do this master's nutrition because it's going to help me get the most out of my training. It's going to help me get shredded. It's going to help me put on muscle. It's going to help me fuel my body. And to be honest, the masters didn't really tell me anything that I didn't already know. It was very theory-based, very little practical. I just felt short-changed, I guess. And it left me with this sort of desire to be like, right, there's still an itch there that needs to scratch. And I ended up doing a PhD in exercise biochemistry. Now, I had an absolutely fantastic time in my PhD. Now, it's not all you know, sunshine and rainbows or our ups and downs, but generally speaking, I had a very, very good time. I My research was, was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I had a number of great experiences at conferences. I got publications from it, and it led to a career in lecturing, which has been absolutely fantastic. And I think the PhD will be something that we will touch on because it's very much an area that a lot of people are throwing around now as buzzwords. Things like antioxidants, free radicals, oxidative stress, anti-inflammatories, and the role that they have within performance and recovery. So it is something I think will be worthwhile delving into. Hopefully we'll get on a guest and we can talk through some of the actual practical aspects about what we should be doing for our training recovery when it comes to things like getting the most out of our training, but also performing to the best. Because I always say there's a difference between we train to adapt, but we compete to perform. And so my PhD ties in very, very nicely with that topic. Moving on from then, I shifted from being an academic to a practitioner slash educator. And it's sort of what I call my two passions now, because with lecturing, it's absolutely fantastic. I, I absolutely love it, that education side of things. And to be fair, I probably more so enjoy the private education, the workshops, the seminars that I do, because I know what it was like when I was a student. I rocked into lectures maybe late, maybe hungover. And being a lecturer now, I can see students doing the same. Like, I've had some experiences where guys and girls rock into a nine o'clock lecture still wearing the clothes from the night before. And you're like, you're probably still off your face and you're coming to this lecture. Like, why? You're an adult. Don't just go home and get some sleep. 
And, you know, we were all the same when we were at university. Like, half the class don't want to be there. Half of them think that they have to be there. And there's maybe only one or two students who are really engaged and actually, you know, getting involved with what the lecturer is, is teaching about. And when it comes to my sort of private workshops, it's like every single person there is there to engage. And I've done a couple of seminars over the last two or three weeks. And you maybe go into a CrossFit box, you go into a corporate environment, and everyone's there with notepads and books. They're all ready to ask questions because they all are personally invested in, well, Josh, I'm struggling with my nutrition. Like, I feel tired every session. I'm struggling because I'm binging every evening. I can't stop myself from snacking. I've got a competition coming up. How do I fuel for that? I'm feeling really tired at one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon after lunch. Like, how can I help this? And so with my sort of personal private seminars, it's like everyone wants to get something from it. And that's what I try and do. I try and get everyone to leave with some form of value. I guess the last way that I introduce myself is as the actual practitioner now. So I was the athlete. I am the academic slash educator. And now I'm the actual practitioner. And I enjoy introducing myself as those three different characters almost. Because sometimes we, when we look on social media or when we're trying to get help, it's hard to know who to go to. We see maybe the athlete who's retired now and they're doing a bit of coaching. Now just because you're an athlete, just because you're, even if you were the world's best athlete, doesn't mean you'd be a good coach because you may not be able to actually convey the information. Same thing with the academics. I know people who are incredibly smart, who are professors, senior lecturers, but I wouldn't trust them with my, my clients because they maybe just couldn't convey the information or they wouldn't be able to work with someone on an individual level to change behaviour. And it's the same thing, like, just because you're in great shape doesn't mean that you can get other people in great shape. So I like taking this together that we have the academic side, that we know the knowledge, we know what's out there, we know what's correct, we're the athlete, that we can be relatable, we understand that, you know, you're going to training after a full day's work, you're doing your nine to five Monday to Friday, and you're also trying to train four or five days a week, and then you have the practitioner where it's actually working with people. And I guess it's the amalgamation of all those different characters that I really enjoy and I think that it's unique for myself in comparison to maybe a lot of other people. But I guess to delve into the actual practitioner side a little bit more and actually give you an insight as to how I've maybe changed as a coach over the last number of years, I guess I'll preface this by talking about the industry itself, that it's really, really bad now, but what people are doing now that I would classify as bad or harmful is the same stuff that I was doing maybe six, seven, eight years ago. And I have no problem being fully transparent with this because we have to be able to recognise that what we were doing maybe wasn't the best at the time. And it's only by reflecting that we actually understand like, okay, well, Josh, what you're doing back there is maybe a bit harmful. You're maybe contributing to a lot of the things that we're seeing now. But recognising that and changing and evolving is what I think is super important. So what you'll notice a lot in the industry now and what I was doing a number of years ago was using you, the client, as my marketing. I was using your before and after to say this is what I can do in six weeks. 
This is what I can do in eight weeks and 12 weeks and whatever. And I did push it to the point where I was doing six week transformations and they were good. But what you don't realize is what's happening beneath the surface. And this is what you see so much now on social media and it's a reason why I don't push before and afters on my social media. It's probably a little bit more harmful for my business, for coaching, because people do thrive off seeing that instant flip. You went from that to that in 12 weeks. 12 weeks is nothing, I'll do that. And so the industry sort of rewards that by people signing up. But I recognize very quickly that that has a long-term harm because what happens is that within that 12 week period, that person has maybe dieted themselves so hard, they've been so restrictive with their food, they've excluded themselves from social events, they've trained maybe five, six times a week, they've done cardio on top of that, they're doing step counts. It was even just this week, I was was speaking to a friend who was telling me about someone they know, who, this is a girl who wants to do some form of physique show in 12 weeks time. And at the minute, even now at this point, they're doing a really restrictive diet. They are training four to five times a week with weights. They're doing 180 minutes of cardio per day. And on top of that, they have to hit 14,000 steps per day. That's what their coach has them doing. And you're like, I don't know about you, but I don't have four hours to train. I already have four hours to train each week, never mind a day. But here's what happens, and here's what I quickly realize, is that that person will do it. They'll find a way because a lot of people want to change their body because they hate their body. And I can tell you right now that you'll never change your body. You'll never be accepting of your body when you try and fuel it through hate. So it doesn't matter how much you hate your body. Yes, you might do something short term, like a lot of these people will do exercise like this. They'll be very restrictive with their diet. They will achieve something within 12 weeks that does seem impossible. And what happens is that they're led into this false sense of happiness and confidence and attractiveness and validation because photos go up on social media. Everyone likes it. Everyone comments. Everyone says, Flip, you are unbelievable. Like, How did you get into shape? Like, your abs are shredded, your your bum's so perky, whatever it is. Not realising what that's doing to that person because we don't realise what, hap- what that person has done within those 12 weeks to get to that point. And so by saying these things, by giving that reinforcement, we're telling them that you will get validated, you'll get rewarded from looking like this. You'll be accepted by looking like this. We'll treat you different. We'll notice you because you look different. And all we've done is we've reinforced those behaviours within that person. And so now, a week, two weeks after that photo shoot or that 12-week transformation, they're wondering why I've put on three pounds because I can't stop binging and now I think I'm so overweight. And you're like, you just can't see now. Your perception is so skewed and now your whole self-worth is wrapped up in looking like that. And the moment you don't look like that, that's when you're going to have issues on the emotional and mental side. And that's something that, that I experienced that personally during sort of those early 20s where you were quite, you know, muscular, you were lean and people were paying you that attention and then you can't sustain it because no one can sustain that amount of exercise and that restrictive nature of your diet. You know, at some stage, something is going to give 
And when your whole self-worth is wrapped up in looking a certain way and that people only treat you a certain way, it massively, massively negatively impacts your mental state. And so I guess the evolution of my coaching over the last 68 years has been, okay, well, if a client comes to me and they want fat loss, we're going to delve into why they want that. What is their motivations behind that? And when they say, I just want to lose weight, no one just wants to lose weight to lose weight. When we delve into it, when we ask why enough times, usually it is for confidence reasons. Usually it is for, okay, well, maybe um, I don't feel attractive. If I put on weight, my partner won't find me attractive. Whatever it is, there's usually a deeper meaning behind it. And then we have to challenge those behaviours. And so when clients come on to me, I, I always tell them, okay, you want this 12-week plan? If you're ready for it, I will help you get there, but I'm not going to drive you into the ground to get there because I'm not using your before and after. I rarely ask clients to take progress photos, maybe one at the start, maybe one halfway through, maybe one at the end, but they'll certainly never really make it to social media. And if you go through my Instagram, you'll not see it. But you will see plenty of testimonials of people saying how much their mindset has changed, how much their relationship with food has changed, how much their energy has been better, their performance has been better, their recovery has been better, how much they view their body is so much better. And that's where I think the real difference is. And so in terms of the actual clients that come to me with these different types of goals and aspirations, you might think by the name of this podcast and even with all my social media that well, Josh only works with athletes, that he only works with the best of the best. You have to be a CrossFitter, you have to be going to the World Championships, you have to be an Olympic athlete or Commonwealth Games athlete or whatever. And that's not the case, and that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. What I always talk about is the everyday athlete. The everyday person going into the gym wanting to get their first pull-up. The person going into a CrossFit box wanting to get their first clean and jerk. The person who's going in who just wants to be healthier for their kids when they grow up. Those are the people that, that I work with. Of course, there are some high-end athletes there, but there's everything in between. And what I always say is that I don't work with athletes or non-athletes. I work with people because regardless if you're a competitive athlete going for that 1% that you need to perform, or whether it's just someone like ourselves who are the everyday athlete, we all have the same issues. We all struggle with our relationship with food. We all struggle with snacking in the evening. We all struggle with how we view your body sometimes. Now, there are different circumstances, of course, but I work with people, not athletes or non-athletes. And that's what I think the difference is. In terms of where we actually want to take this podcast, I guess that's the natural flow here, is that because of my background and because of the people I work with, I wanted to create something that encapsulates the idea of complete performance. And don't let the name throw you off that it's, okay, well, this is clearly a podcast for athletes, so why would I listen? I was trying to come up with something something like complete human performance, but that name was already taken. But I think complete performance is, is where I want to go. That performance could be for you pushing hard in the gym it could be doing your first 5k it could be having enough energy after work to play with your kids it could be maybe you're on a shift work job that you want to have the energy you want to have the focus you need to have the focus for your job during the night in a night shift 
there's so many different things here about what we could define performance as. And the idea of complete performance is delving into health, delving into exercise, training, nutrition, or psychology, or mindset, recovery methods, supplements, and everything else that's going on in the industry. And not only giving you the, the theory behind what we're talking about with a given topic, but also more importantly, giving you practical information. And that's something that I really try and pride myself on when it comes to education, when it comes to working with my clients. It's, I'm not here to tell my clients how smart I am. When I do seminars, it's, I even call my qualifications the boring stuff or the useless stuff because it doesn't really matter. It's, can I actually help you? And so as we move through, I want to make sure that this is very, very relevant. It has tips, it has different tools, strategies, things that you can take away and actually apply to your day-to-day life. And over time, what I hope to do is bring in different people because I don't want this to be the Josh Williamson show. <laughs> this is going to be the Complete Performance Podcast and by using myself to try and get you connected with other people. That means going to the athletes themselves. I want to hear what it's like for the actual athlete. I want to look at if it is a crossfitter going to a two or three day competition what's the impact of that on your actual body you know how are you feeling because i know what what my athletes will feel but i want to get their perspective you know if you're doing a three-day competition but that third day like how's your body feeling how are you feeling for that how are you getting ready for that are you changing your sleep even down to i know that a lot of athletes will do things like they'll take their own mattress to whatever city they're going to compete because they want to keep things as consistent as possible How do you recover from an event like that? What about athletes who do a lot of traveling? How do you ensure that you're performing your best if you're going to a different country that doesn't have the same food that you do? How do you make helpful decisions that's going to support the goals you have? But I also want to go to the researchers themselves. I want to look at, well, who's doing the cutting edge research? What do they have to say? Is there things that they can tell us that might come into the coaching staff in a couple of years, in five, five, ten years, what's actually going on out there? And then finally, I want to look at other practitioners themselves. I want to go to different coaches, nutritionists, and get their insights because we all have different specialities. You know, at the minute, I'm more focused, like I'm very focused on performance, but I obviously look at things like our relationship with our food, delving into body image, and trying to learn the the psychology side of things. But there's going to be other people who are maybe so focused on female health and so there's no point in me giving you information around female health when there's someone else, someone better out there it's the same thing with maybe strength and conditioning i could give you the information but there's better people out there there's better experts out there in the field and so i would rather use this platform to connect you with those people that they can share their experience their knowledge their tips their strategies in order for you to get the best out of your life and I guess that concludes the, the first episode and it shares with you a bit of background myself, some of maybe the issues I see with the industry as a whole and, and how that's helped shape and evolve my coaching over time. And finally, the vision I have for the actual podcast itself. So I hope this has been valuable. Please do subscribe, sign up, leave a review because all that's going to help with exposure. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Catch us in the next one.